0: Hey guys, welcome to a simply intentional life. I'm your host, Rachel Olstead, a mama three life coach for high achieving women, moms, and entrepreneurs, and a lover of organization, intentional living, and simplicity. In our world today, I think we're all a little or a lot more overwhelmed, overcommitted, overstimulated than we want to be. And everywhere we look, there's just so much stuff. I deeply know and believe that less really is more. And this podcast is for those of you who deeply desire a more simplified, organized, meaningful, and intentional life. And for those of you who are desperately craving less mental, emotional, and physical clutter in every area of your home and life. On this podcast, we'll cover a variety of topics, including business, motherhood, health, relationships, decluttering, finances, faith, spirituality, mental health, home life, marriage, and honestly, everything in between, all with the purpose of helping you live with less, cut down on overwhelm and stress and create more time, energy and space to actually live your life on purpose, with intention, and true joy. I really do believe that life is messy, but that we are not hot mess moms. I also believe that life can be hard, but that the constant struggle is not required. I believe that we were meant to thrive and not just survive. And that is the heart behind the show. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have a new friend of mine and guest with us today, Chris Langworthy. And she is going to be sharing so much wisdom, so much knowledge with you guys, um, all about just really being intentional and living a joy-filled life, which is what we talk about all the time here on the podcast and the work that I do. And so welcome, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me, Rachel. It's so good to be here. So fun. I love doing these just kind of casual interviews. And and it's so fun to, behind the scenes, get to see each other as we're talking. (laughs) Our listeners do not get to see, but hopefully you guys will hear just the positivity and the energy that we're bringing to the conversation today. So let's just start out, Chris, by having you just introduce yourself. Who are you? A little bit about yourself what you do and and then we'll dig in sounds good thanks rachel so i'm chris langworthy one of my biggest claims
1: to fame is i'm a mom of six and that's kind of fun because it's amazing yes they're with the same dad and yes same dna and they all have amazingly different personalities so it's just fun for me to i love variety i love the variety that comes forth from You can put two people in the same space and still get totally amazing results each and every time. sounds really tacky, but, you know, just kind of fun. So mom of six, one of which is a cancer survivor. So we'll talk about that a little bit. How to have joy even when life isn't going the way you want it to go or don't expect it to go. I have a presentation that I do called I Didn't Sign Up for This, How to Navigate the Tough Stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of actually what launched me into... My own business was I'm trained as a registered nurse, worked in healthcare for a number of years, but really saw the price tag of stress and overwhelm on people's health and, and realized after we went through our journey with our daughter's cancer, that you can have joy in the midst of it and you need to have joy in the midst of it. And that joy is not the same as happiness and just kind of navigating all that and helping people find that. How do you go after that? So helping them understand their personalities, what's what's sucking their energy, what's sucking their personal or what's sucking not they're sucking their personality, sucking their joy out of their personality, what kind of things are happening, helping you so you can be intentional. So you can be going after it on purpose. And when you and I first connected, I think that's where we both went, yeah. That's all that's what it's about. Like, how do we be
0: intentional about, about it? Yeah. Yeah, I love that, and I think just the work that you do just complements and and our work complements e- each other's work so well, and just bringing bringing that focus, I think, to people. And and to people's lives that might be living kind of in like a default autopilot unconscious kind of way, right? Where we're just like hoping we stumble upon happiness or hoping we stumble upon joy instead of actually being like the creator of that. And so I, yeah, I love the work that you do. And it's just fast. I'm fascinated by your story and just like your, just your family and overcoming all of the struggles. That you guys have had that aren't, unfortunately, aren't that uncommon, right? That's the
1: sad part, right? Is that's, uh-huh. I think that's been the the crazy part is people can relate to our story so well. It might be yeah. you know, a parent's healthcare crisis. It might be a sibling's healthcare crisis or a spouse or something. Crisis, we're not immune to it. I mean, just look at our world in the last few years and. Unexpected happens all the time. And so, learning yet yeah, to your point, Rachel, that we can't be passive and we can't wait for joy to fall upon us. But we can, we don't have to be a passive victim. We don't have to, like, oh, joy just didn't come my way today. I guess it's not in the cars. No, we have to be intentional about going after it. And I, some of my story is that years ago, that's the way I used to live. And it was actually the cancer diagnosis that kind of woke me up. And that's where it was like, oh my gosh, like, you can do this. And that's that's really my heartbeat. And what I do is I want to empower people to come alongside them. I acknowledge, I talk about people get stuck in the drama, they get stuck in the yuck. And I talk about the AAA. That's one of the the acronyms. I love acronyms because they help keep my brain focused on what I'm doing. But I talk about when you're in the crap show, you have to acknowledge it. And that's what you're saying. Like so many of us have it going on, but acknowledge it because your body, your your atmosphere, everything is calling out. Do you hear me? Do you see me? Acknowledge it. It's kind of like I have, my kids were littler, right? And when they, mommy, 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 it, it just helped to say, yes, child, what do you want? And as soon as you did that, then it's, it can help diffuse it. So I always talk about acknowledging and then affirming who you are. That's the second A. Affirm who you are. Affirm your desired outcome. And then what are some action steps? What are some action steps you can take? Because if you're stuck in the yuck, even taking one small step forward is a small step forward. And one of my clients this morning, she's, we haven't made huge strides in my business this year, but she's, I've made consistent, small baby steps. And she said, that's more than I've done in the past. And so she's just so grateful.
0: Yeah, I love that. that. Yeah, we're going to dig into, I want to come back to, the the AAA and I know you have some really great like practical resources and questions and things like that to share with everyone listening today but I actually if you don't mind like I would love to rewind a little bit and kind of go back to I know that you kind of already put a pin in that story of like kind of your wake up call right with with one of your kids cancer diagnosis and and just kind of that being the the huge transition, and like I said, wake-up call, right, to being more intentional with that. But what I think so many people can relate to probably your before, right? It's like almost this before and after kind of thing. So many people can probably relate to the before. And so you just kind of hinted to living your life maybe less than intentionally, right? Right as intentionally as you would have liked beforehand. So what did that look like for you? What did that look like before the diagnosis? And kind of how were you operating that maybe wasn't so healthy for you mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally? So what I realized when I look back on it,
1: Rachel, is that I was more reacting to life. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like that was, and I was reacting instead of responding. The difference of just things would happen and I would knee-jerk react to it versus I didn't have a set intention of what I was going for. And in full transparency, still learning to do that. Yeah. Because one of my driving forces is I'm a high harmonious driving force, which means I love to give people a good experience. So I'm waiting for the person in front of me to tell me what they need so that I can accommodate, right? I love to accommodate and help them. But recognizing now that I'm intentional about that, but before Kind of life had a script. You grow up, you go to college or you go to high school. Okay. Yep. Did that check. Go to college. Okay. Check. Meet the boy. Check. Get married. Check. And I was kind of following everybody else's script and kind of following the pre written path, if you will. And not that there's anything wrong with it, but I wasn't actively engaging it. It was just kind of passively happening. This is the next thing or, and it looked like in my health where oh, there's a chocolate bar and I feel like eating it. Check. I'll eat it. Yeah, I'm in the store and it's a really cute thing. Check. I'll buy it because I'm just reacting. I'm not thinking intentionally about what I'm going after. And learning how to do that, learning how to shift, learning how to, and we'll talk about it a little bit, the three vital questions framework has been really powerful for me to learn and to teach. And what what do you really want? What are you going after? And it, I think, especially if you're of the Christian faith and stuff like that, people believe, okay, God has a plan and I just have to follow the plan. But that actually the truth of the matter is that he invites us the, if we really dig into what, what is really taught there, he's inviting us into a partnership with him and calling us to co-create with him that he never, God never did anything on the earth without partnering with the people on the earth that he, is all powerful and all strong, but he chooses to partner with us and say, What do you want to do? And how do we partner together? And he's not a dictator. He never took away our free will. And I think that was a powerful aha moment for me because I, I think I grew up just, well, I just have to do what's expected and I have to do what God wants and never realized that what he wanted was me fully engaged and partnering with him in a mutually respecting relationship. And that's, That that's not blasphemy, that's not, that that's actually what he's looking to do, is that he chooses to partner with us. That, wow, you know, what an honor that we're invited into co-laboring with heaven to establish things on the earth.
0: Yeah, I love that (laughs) so much. I have chills as you're kind of talking about that, because I think that it can go in, it can go in such like drastic Different ways, right? Whether someone is Christian and a lot of the listeners of my podcast are, but a lot of them I'm, I'm assuming aren't maybe or have are different mm-hmm. in their journey and their spiritual journey, whatever believe in God, kind of believe whatever, right? No. I obviously have a very, re- very deep faith with God as do you. And so, like, we can see that, but we've had to grow in that too. And I think a lot of times it maybe comes to, okay either like God has a plan and everything is set out in stone and like, I just have to follow the plan or right. Just, we're just going to go with the flow and see what happens. And like, Mm -hmm. life is just like this wild mystery. And that's, I think more of the spiritual side, like just follow your, your gut, which to me actually is the Holy Spirit, but that's like a whole nother podcast issue, (laughs) a whole nother episode. But the point, being is that it's almost like this co-creation this partnership like is open for like our participation as well because it's so funny like the path that you said that you follow that I followed too right check 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 that wasn't like God creating the earth and like writing that in the 10 commandments of thou shalt go to mm-hmm. college for four years Yeah, I'll get married and live in a house with a fence by the time twenty six. Right? That is not part of it. That is a societal construct, right? And so I think unraveling that again could be an entire episode or multiple on its own. But like, really, I think figuring out where do we have the power, right? And having so much more power than we realize. In our decisions in our life, and even in the good and the bad, right? Knowing that life is, I love the expression that like life is 50 50. There's always going to be good, there's always going to be bad. But that, like, even in the good, even in the bad, there can be joy, right? But joy being different than happiness, like you said, I actually want to go back to that concept. And then I do want to talk a little bit about kind of that diagnosis and like what's, what why not not why it was so difficult cuz obviously that is just traumatic and no one ever wants to experience that right okay. but what were kind of the the factors that like really had you transitioning and like waking up to what what matters what doesn't right what do i want in life what do i not but before we do that i just want to kind of pick your brain like what do you feel like the difference is Between joy and happiness, because I think a lot of people are like, I just want to be happy. And it's, but do you like if someone has something terrible happen, or if there is like a a really hard, sad situation? Like personally, I want to be sad. Like I want to honor those emotions, right? But for me, I can have joy and be sad. Right, but at the same time, like, yeah, a misunderstanding. I think of what joy versus happiness is. So, could could you touch on that for like a minute before we dig into kind of the next? For sure, part for of sure. So, part of where my understanding of joy has really gotten deepened and
1: enriched is Dr. James Wilder, and he talks about he's done a bunch of research, and that what he has come down to is that joy is the result of being in the presence of someone who delights in us or cherishes us, that that's the emotional response that rises up inside of you, that when you're in the presence of someone who looks at you and enjoys you and savors you, that that elicits, it it does something, that mutual give and take, right? And that happiness is more of this transitory state where I'm happy, I'm excited, or I'm whatever. And it's a little nuanced, but it's this richness of understanding if you are of the Christian tradition and you go back to in the Old Testament, there's a Bible verse, Nehemiah 8.10, that many people quote, but I I think few really understand where it came from in the context of it. And the quote is, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And people go, oh, yeah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, okay. But the context of which that is written, you have to understand that for historical context is this is a people group that had been taken into captivity by the Babylonians, had been in captivity for 70 plus years and were just coming back. They had their ancestors had been told that if you do not, you know, if things don't go right and you don't follow in God's ways, that it's not that God's this dictator, but it's going to result in not going so well for you. And that you'll you'll surrender your authority and that somebody will take you over. And that's exactly what happened is they had deviated from God's best for them. They had made choices that led to consequences. And they were taken over by Babylon. But God had promised them that that's the whole context of, for I know the plans I have for you. He was actually telling them in Jeremiah, you're going into captivity. You're going to be there 70 years. This is kind of like your time out in today's terms, maybe but I will return you for I know the plans I have for you. God was saying, this isn't, I'm just taking you into captivity and leaving you in there and forgetting you and never going to talk to you again. He's like, no, I'm giving you an opportunity to kind of pause and reset because I know the plans I have for you. I want good things for you. So then in the context of Nehemiah, they're in the process of rebuilding the city. They've been allowed to come back to their roots full circle and Ezra, the priest, has just read the whole law and the people are like, oh my gosh, like kind of like when you come face to face with you, I admit that you're responsible for your own choices and that there was consequences of your choices and you feel this, ugh, shoot, yuck. And that's where the people are at and they're starting to weep and they're starting to mourn because they're like, oh my gosh, we really screwed it up. And Nehemiah stands up and he said, no, this is a day to rejoice because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you put that in context of what Dr. James Wilder has done, understanding that joy of oh, the Lord, that God rejoices over you. He celebrates over you. He wants good things for your life. And that's what's going to give you strength. And that, that's what gives you the ability to get back up. When you think about a little child learning to walk, they fall down, they skin their knees, they, they cry. But it's that joy in that parent of going, you can do it. You can do it. Get back up. Get back up that empowers that child to get back up and try again. And that's what God provides for us is he's saying, here's the strength, here's the encouragement to get back up. There's, not, there's no shame, there's no condemnation, there's no yuck. He's saying, hey, get back up. I love you, I celebrate you, I know you can do it. And for me, recognizing we're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna, whether I, my personality type is noncompliant. I I feel that. <laughs> I truly park between the lines at the at the parking lot. That's a big joke around here a lot. Mom, you're supposed to park between the lines. Oh yeah, that's right. But it takes me focus and energy, and I'm going to mess it up. But that people, I, there's no shame in it. It's understanding. I can get back up, and I can practice parking between the lines. I can practice joy today. I can practice being intentional, and that when I can receive that grace, that I can make mistakes and still be rejoiced in, then I can rejoice and have joy over Rachel, over my children, over my spouse. And that's, that's joy is I can delight in being with those people, even when they're not perfect either. Yeah, Happiness is more of that transitory chocolate rush.
0: Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. Happiness is like an emotion, right? And like Mm -hmm. emotions are Information for us, right? But they're also exactly. fleeting. We have exactly. lots of emotions all the time and like they are important, but they're also fleeting, right? Versus joy. And I'm just like putting my own take on what I'm hearing you say too is like truly like an identity almost and like a state of mm. being that's good right it's like way more anchored than happiness is yeah this chocolate makes me happy but now i need 17 more pieces to keep that (laughs) happiness up right Versus i could be joyful with or without the chocolate right and another note that i made as you were talking just based on like kind of what i i'm like really understanding just to help our audience hear it in a different multiple different ways is almost like this idea of joy, like you said from Dr. James Wilder, like presence, right? Being in the presence uh-huh. of delights in you and enjoys you and your your being, right? But I wonder if it's even gonna be helpful for people to kind of think about like that idea of joy being this idea of like intimacy and connection mm-hmm. and intimacy. Like I think a lot of people intimate or automatically go to sexual intimacy right but intimacy truly just means like being vulnerable and like connecting Mm -hmm. i've heard it being said as like into me see right seeing into your heart into your soul in that way and like intimacy and connection like is is required for a relationship right and so it's almost like having that relationship with yourself Right. And mm-hmm. God and other people, right. is like that connection, that community that I think we all crave, right. As we've seen with COVID times, it's like we really do need intimacy and connection and community and relationship with ourselves, right. And with other people. And that is what can like create that joy too, rather than just like this leading happiness. So, I just wanted to share that perspective that I like kind of struck me as you were sharing, which hopefully will be like really helpful. I
1: think that's really powerful because even when you talk about intimacy with yourself, just how many of us have that negative self-talk going on and we're destroying our own joy because we're not allowing ourselves to stay curious about ourselves or stay alert. And that I love how you said that, Rachel, just even that intimacy with yourself, getting to know yourself. Who am I? How do I show up? And that's just a really powerful thought because shame is such a selfless. It's almost like that self-deprecation, right? That self-cutting, that self-whatever, which holds us back. And so it's if the joy is your strength then the shame would be your weakness, it would be that pull-away moment, right? That's what shuts you
0: down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just a side note about yeah, that like negative self talk. Like I have been doing a lot of like emotional healing and process. I mean, I think we all have, right? But like I'm bringing into this other, tapping into this like other side of of like my experience, and like I've realized with the help of a coach and and one of my mentors, like this this emotional like this emotion that's essentially been like trapped in my body is like this like self abuse, which sounds like really intense and like really what you don't abuse yourself that's like something that's like that other people do to you, you know what I mean yeah. but it's like I've found that like one of my like wounds right emotional wounds that has stripped some of the capacity for joy in my own life, my own experience is my own self abuse right, which can include like you said, going back to some of those things that you talked about like just like the unconscious decisions, right? Like how am I abusing myself and my health, right? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I eating too much chocolate or am I focusing Mm -hmm. on like healthy foods and drinking enough water, like celebrating myself and putting myself first and going to church for me and spending time in meditation and prayer and right, all of that. It's like if i'm not doing that i'm actually abusing myself which is like stripping some of the capacity for yeah. joy right and so that just like that whole idea of, yeah the joy being our strength versus the shame and like the abuse we can actually be the the victims of our own abuse too right which i know we're going to talk about getting out of that victim mentality and really digging into that but I just thought that was like another layer of that of that component. Because I think people can walk around and be like, yeah, I want to be joyful. And it's, but you have to really understand. And I think that's so powerful with the work that you do, like understanding. That's why I'm spending so much time like understanding joy, because I think people really don't always know what that is. And like we're right. thinking that other people are going to provide them joy, right? When actually it can it can, so much of it can come from within for sure. Well, and if we have
1: to wait for somebody else to bring us joy, then we're kind of sitting in a victim mindset and we're kind of like everybody's, we're not recognizing our true power. And totally, I remember years ago being in the presence of a coach and she's girlfriend, you need to stand in your power. And it was kind of like, I don't know if you've watched the movie, The Shack, and there's all kinds of different opinions on that movie. I know, but just, (laughs) the whole thing of the woman who played the god in that and that that whole story but i'm just if you can dial past all of that understanding the power that was the woman who shared that with me she was just a strong confident black woman a woman of color and i loved her to pieces and she's like, girlfriend and she put her hands at her hips she's like, ben, you need to stand in your power she's like, quit giving it away and i was like what the heck is she talking about <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and recognizing I didn't have to wait for joy to passively jump from the sky; that I could choose to own it. And, and you said something about emotion a couple minutes ago. Years ago, I learned like emotions are energy in motion, yeah. e-motion, and it, it was just like oh, and that they're frequency and they go through you, and they're not going to stay. And so you can choose which frequencies you want going through you or. Or recognizing when you walk into a room and you feel somebody else's frequency. Oh, that's not mine. I don't
0: have to take it. Oh my gosh! Yes, we could talk about this for seventeen episodes, (laughs) I think, but (laughs) we won't. Tell me a little bit about like this awful, but like life changing in so many ways, like diagnosis that your family had with with your daughter. It was your daughter, correct? It, correct. 10. Correct. It was our oldest daughter. Yeah. She was 12
1: at the time. That's kind of crazy because my youngest just turned 12 as we're recording mm-hmm. this. She just turned 12 this weekend. And I look at her and I'm like, oh, she's so little. But at the time that my oldest was diagnosed, I was like, she's so big. That's kind of your uh-huh. perspective on how okay. life goes. But she was 12 years old. And it was kind of a crazy season because she gets diagnosed and... um the night before her first surgery, I was like, okay, where are we going with this one? Kind of like I realized it was a prayer, but I didn't think of it as a prayer at the time. Yeah. And having this image of her healthy and whole on a college campus flashing through my mind. You sometimes you just see things and you know that you know that you know that you know that you saw something. Yeah. And it was kind of one of those kind of moments. I was like, oh wow. And then waking up one morning at the Ronald McDonald house, just like boom, wide awake, your mind's going 150 miles an hour. And the thought drops in my spirit, and I'm convinced it was Holy Spirit that said, you have everything you need to navigate this with success. And just shifting what could be an awful situation into, here's where you're going, here's your desired outcome, which will be, that's when I talk about the framework I use for people when I'm coaching now is really powerful. I realized I got to live out this experience and then got introduced to the framework that I lived out. It was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. But the mindset shift to that the mindset shift is so critical to see that you can do it. You can navigate things. A friend of mine posted on Facebook yesterday. I think it's Marie. Uh, I'm not gonna say her last name right, but everything is figure outable Pray for Leo. For really, oh, Leo, there we go. I was like, I know I'm not gonna say the last name right. right. Yeah, it's it. But she everything is figure outable. Yes. And just that place of You don't have to be a passive victim and let the crap show happen to you. It's okay. What we told our kids during the midst of treatment was not everybody gets to stay at the Ronald McDonald's house. What are we going to, how are we going to reframe this as an opportunity for us to go forward? And in the the animal world, uh, a bald eagle will actually fly into a storm and into the current of the storm so it can go higher. And it's, okay, where can you actually fly into your storm, embrace the wave, even though it terrifies you, and it looks like it's going to kill you, but let it take you to the next level. And so that's really was, right prior to the diagnosis, I had been totally entrenched in a season of understanding that when you're confident and you're rooted and grounded in love, it was a Bible verse that just had been stuck with me. Ephesians 3, 17 to 21, there's a section in there that that's, talks about being rooted and grounded in love and that it goes back to this joy of the Lord saying is like when you know that you're loved and you know that you're celebrated, you can do the tough thing. And so for me, like when I'm working with people, I just want them to know I love using profile assessments and love the showing them like this is your stuff and I love you. I celebrate you. I appreciate the gifts you bring. And I tried to build their joy strength to help them so they can do the tough stuff. Because when I'm working with entrepreneurs or a pick out of comfort zones, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. When I'm working with somebody who is wanting to start a new job, oh, I don't know if I can do this. If I can help build your joy string, that's what's going to help you do the tough thing. Because that's what empowered us to do the tough thing when our daughter was in treatment. Is hindsight, I can see, oh my gosh, the goodness of God that he gave us a season of really getting grounded in how much he loved us before the storm hit. And sometimes it's, it's nice if you're grounded in it before you go through the storm. Sometimes you get grounded in it through the storm. But just to have, that's where it's so powerful when we support people when they're going through trauma and coming alongside them. But, and we had people do that for us. We had people that rallied around us and supported us and cheerleaded us. And that, that's so critical. It's so powerful that psychologists will tell you. First question they ask a the client is, "Who's your support system? Who's your support?" Because they need that joy if they're going to navigate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to, I want to get to your framework and your three questions that we can leave the listeners today to like really help dig into this. But I, I don't want to like leave any loose ends, like mm-hmm. with the story of your daughter. So tell us, like, how. How would she progress? Where is she today? Tell us the the happy ending of Yeah. For happy sure. middle of this. Because it's not over, right? Like that's not middle. over for sure. So today she is as the time of this
1: recording, she is 28. She has her own apartment. She sent us a text yesterday. She's like, I'm so excited. And it was a picture of she just paid off her car. So kind of exciting. She is a walking medical miracle. Because the tumor was embedded into her brainstem, they told us there was just different potential consequences. As you can imagine, your brainstem is pretty critical to life function, right? She, The image that I saw that night before surgery, she didn't have glasses or anything on, which became really powerful later because her first year after, after diagnosis, her eyes would not partner together. Her optic nerves were traumatized. And so she had to wear a patch for the first, I think it was six to nine months after diagnosis till her eyes started, cranial nerves take up to a year to heal. So she went through a lot. I mean, she's my hero. She, she, the tenacity and the things that she's done and gone through just amazed me. On her own, working a full-time job, we had a, a recent appointment. It's been a couple of years, but we had a Different nurse practitioners see her than typically does in her follow-up appointment. And they were going through her charts and they are like, oh my gosh, do you have any negative consequences from it? And we're just so blessed because that's not everybody's story. And we're, we're so thankful that that's where she's at today and just so blessed.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that so much. I'm so happy for you guys and for her that she is just, yeah, an overcomer, but also just gets to be part of her own story right and like be a cancer victim even if she had it and overcame it or had it and it is it is part of life to have tragedy in one way or another and just like fascinating to hear just that experience bringing forth like for it's been fun for her to own her story too. She yeah. had a
1: coworker who she, at one point during treatment, she had to have a feeding tube and they actually put one in straight to her stomach. It wasn't just the nasal sure. one. It was actually, they did surgery to place one. And uh, she was so excited, not because of the situation her coworker was facing, but because she was able to take from her story, yes. to encourage a coworker, a coworker's daughter was going through a healthcare thing and needed a feeding tube and she was able to support this coworker and hey these are some things that worked really well when I had mine these are some tips and tricks my mom and dad did and so it was fun for her to call me and say hey mom remember this and yeah and she looks at like where her port was on her, her chest wall that wound when they took or the scar when they took that out kind of did sometimes you'll it's a colloidalism they call it I think when the scar sometimes gets like a little more pronounced and she's so proud of that that's her badge of honor she's other people have their badges of honor for what they went through she's i'm not a victim of cancer she's like i'm an overcomer and she totally uses her story to bless and encourage people around her and so yeah it just it blesses mama's heart to see use it as an excuse for things right she totally uses it as her leverage point to get into people's lives and bless them.
0: Yeah. Well, like going back to just like that idea of joy being available through intimacy and connection and relationship and like her bringing that connection and joy opportunities, right? To other people, like through her, her struggle, which is just so beautiful. So, okay. I would love for you to just briefly share kind of like your your process and just kind of like the focus that you that you take clients through and really just like sharing especially I know we were talking before we hit record of some of these like questions that you kind of share with your clients and even use for yourself right because we're always a product of our product, and we do our own work right and help other people do it too but like some of these questions that can be really thought-provoking and really help not be like more to-do list items, right? Not be a checklist, not be another thing that we have to do or accomplish or achieve to create joy because that's like the opposite of what we're we're both about, but really just to help open up, like you said, like the pathways for just to receive and to create more joy. So could you walk us through that just a little bit as we kind of start to wrap up? So this last well, it was probably about two years ago.
1: I got introduced to Dr. David Emerald and Donna Sajak, and they have developed what they call the three vital questions framework. When I got introduced to that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what I lived when Sarah was in treatment, right? It was totally that. And what they talk about is that when we get caught in a situation where it goes back to David Cartman years ago, developed what he called the drama triangle framework. And that typically we go, as soon as we hit crisis mode, we have an opportunity to react and that it's really typical for us to say, why me? And start to, that we start with a victim mindset right off the bat. And what David and Donna have developed as a three vital questions framework is they've got the three vital questions are just helping people pivot out of that drama into empowerment. And their first question they ask, and I love this one, when people start to you have to acknowledge them, let them share the problem that they're in and then say, okay, so are you going to stay focused on the problem or are you going to focus on a desired outcome? And really building around that, their, their official first question is, where is your focus? And just calling people to mind, like, where's your focus? Uh, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the problem or are you looking at where you want to go with it? Where is your focus? So that's just question one. And so that's what I ask people all the time is I'm like, okay, so where's your focus right now? Right. Oh, yeah. I'm just kind of stuck. Yeah. Okay. So where would you like to go? Right.
0: Well, yeah, what we focus on grows, right? Right. And we're, right. Like the, the energy that we're putting in is only going to expand. So it's that
1: fertilizer. Your grow. focus is like fertilizer to that thing. And so number one, helping people say, what's your focus? And then shifting okay. it to what's your desired outcome? Yep. And then second question is, what role do you want to take? What, what, where do you see yourself and what, you know, kind of teasing around that question a little bit about, do you want to see yourself as a victim? Do you want to see yourself as that co-creator or someone that can take? What does this now make possible? I had that discussion with somebody yesterday. I'm like, okay, this is a crappy situation, but what does it make possible? What doors are now open to you that weren't open before? And so the second question is, what role do you want to take? And I really like to drive people or not drive them, but encourage them to consider that they are a creator, that they get to, and especially when, like I said earlier, like sometimes people in different traditions and religious backgrounds don't know that they have that freedom, that they don't want to violate their faith, and so they think they have to just be passive and wait. And it's wow. no let's let's go back to the let's go back to the book and let's look at that a little bit because that's not what I see. Totally. And then the third question I ask people is, well, what action step do you want to take? What's going to be your first baby step? Because even taking one baby step out of the yuck is one baby step out of the yuck. And then you take another baby step and then another baby step. And you start moving that needle forward. And we don't have to build Rome in a day. We don't have to climb Pike's Peak in a moment. Last week, I was out at a leadership retreat in Colorado and got to look at Pike's Peak all week. I'm like, wow, you're not going to climb that in one footstep. That's going to take a lot of steps to get to the top. But yeah, I have family and friends who have done it yes yeah so that's the key is we've got to really the mindset about how you see yourself is critical and i think that's that's the journey that our daughter's diagnosis really shifted that i didn't have to stay in that passive state that i could be intentional about joy i could be intentional about and even just be intentional about moving something forward releases joy right it's like it releases that sense of huh yeah i'm doing
0: something even if it's Small, yeah, absolutely, and gets you back into the driver's seat instead of being in the trunk of the Uber car and like getting mad that like they went the wrong direction.
1: for Sure, <laughs> like for sure. Okay, just opt. In that is the, the epitome of a victim. My goodness, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like
0: having a But like, I like to think about it in like super tangible, like vivid examples like that, because it's no one would like consciously choose to be like, yeah, put me in the trunk. I don't care where you bring me, but I'm going to be mad wherever you bring me, right? No one is going to like actively choose that situation, but we do it all the time unconsciously, like in the day to day of our, of our lives, right? Maybe not like with an Uber driver, but like with right. so many other things, right? In our relationships, in our marriages, with our kids, with our businesses, our work, our health, right? Like just in the day to day moments that can either create joy or strip us from joy, right? And like the happiness thing, going back to that, I love those questions that you asked. It's almost like the happiness, like we can focus on, that can be the emotion, right? That we give focus to, right? And that over time will create more unshakable joy, that that's just becomes your firm foundation, right? Of like how I operate. And that I imagine, and I know even just for myself and just like hearing you talk and knowing what I know about you and your story and like what you do in your life and with clients too it's like these questions we've had to practice a lot right it's not just like you wake up on a monday morning and like you ask yourself these questions once and boom there's joy like it is i wish right it's like that third step it's what's the action step the baby step that you can take it's Maybe that is for some of our listeners today, literally just like asking ourselves these questions every day. Maybe that is the baby step, right? Maybe it is like just being really intentional with, okay, I can commit to asking myself these three questions every single day to form a habit, right? It's like all of it. Joy is a habit, right? It doesn't just happen. We create it. And over time, it just becomes like, again, who we are because it's so habitual, right? One last question that I thought of that is actually the same question as like your number two or like the, what do you want to, what role do you want to take, right? Like being the victim or the co-creator, kind of like that, what's possible. One question that again, just helping the listeners hear this in another different way that might land. One question I ask myself all the time and share with my clients is this idea of like, okay, this is frustrating, right? Acknowledging it, like you said, acknowledging, affirming who you are and then your action steps, part of that. Acknowledging, okay, yes, this is terrible. Yes, this maybe sucks. Yes, this is sad. Yes, this is hard, whatever it is, right? Like not glossing over it, not pretending that it's not hard, like for the sake of joy, but like acknowledging it, but then also taking that, like how could this be happening? And I love the could, because it's not like we're not making ourselves like, force ourselves into it but it's just like getting into that like you talked about that place of possibility and curiosity right where it's I don't have to think about it like this this way but if I did right and it just kind of makes it a little bit more available to us and if we're like wanting to be kind of stuck in the whining complaining mode which sometimes I still choose I'm like no I want to like pity myself right now but like I know in five minutes like I'm going to choose differently, but yep. right, like allowing that. But the question is, like, how could this be happening for me and mm-hmm. not to me, right? And it's That's again, the point. same exact question that you had just in a different way. Cause sometimes the to me versus for me, just that tiny word can change everything, right? And seeing it in so many different, so many different ways, right? Going back to your daughter's journey with, with cancer it's like yeah that happened to her but also now she can see how it's happened for her like she would not be able to connect with this other person and help them with their their feeding tube questions and things like that without that experience and so there's always a reframe sometimes it's small sometimes it's big but i think at the end of the day like we do get to be in charge of of that yeah I love that
1: powerful it's powerful isn't it that we get to own that and I think just understanding how much power we have on that yeah and that that's at the end of the day I think what you're after and that's what I'm after and just like empowering people to be their best and to know that they have that it's powerful
0: oh my gosh thank you for what you do Rachel that yeah same to you Chris I love 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 this work that we get to do right in just our our own ways, our own capacities, and I think, yeah, it's just so fun. This is such a great conversation. Is there anything, like, any last minute ideas, advice, words that you want to share with the listeners before I have you share like where they can find you? It's the best thing I would say is Winnie Pooh is a wise little teddy bear. You're,
1: and I never can quote it exactly right. You're stronger than you think braver than you think, and that you can do more than you ever thought possible. And I think coming from a little yellow pooh bear who struggled with fear, I think that's just a really powerful statement. And I, That's my encouragement to whoever's listening is, for those of you who are Christians and faith-based, know that God is for you, not against you. He wants to see you succeed. He's rejoicing over you. And whether you're Christian or not, to know that you have that there are people that are cheerleading you that that is your strength, and give to others that strength and receive it as well. And so that's my that's my heartbeat as we close this out. Is just helping people be and experience the best.
0: Oh, good, I love that. Okay, Chris, where can people find you if they want to follow along or get to know you more, or work with you, or just be in your like positive, joyful energy? to be in my bubble, the best thing right now is to go to my
1: website and schedule yourself a one-on-one call. Go to impactzonestrategies.com. And at the bottom, or actually at the top of the page too, I guess we have a a call to action where you can just jump on and schedule yourself a call and let's do some one-on-one time. I love one-on-one time with people, hearing their story, hearing, you know, that you can walk away with one or two steps that you can take to move your needle forward, whatever it is, so I would love to just be part of that, help you create some strategies, help you open up some window of possibility in your mind and your thoughts. Of, oh, I could do that, and that would be a great place to connect with people.
0: Perfect, I love that, and we will link that in the show notes as well for everyone in case they didn't catch that. But otherwise, yeah, this conversation was so fun. I hope it was very valuable to all of you listening, and we just at the end of the day i think we're all here for the the same purpose of like just living our best lives and and being you know as joyful as we can so all right that's all for today and we will catch you guys next week thanks again chris thanks rachel Thanks for joining me on another episode of A Simply Intentional Life. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And I would love to connect with you more over on Instagram and in my free community, The Simplified Life Group over on Facebook. Of course, if you want to dive deeper, explore working together and simplify your own life in every way, make sure to book your free consult call. I can't wait to connect more. And as always, every day is an opportunity to say yes to A Simply Intentional Life.